Listeners, welcome to this podcast series in advance of the SAEM annual meeting this year in New Orleans, Louisiana. This podcast is hosted by Dr. Stephen Haywood of the Virtual Presence Committee, and he's speaking with some of the instructors for one of our pre-conference sessions from holistic review to inclusive interviewing, a step-by-step guide for mitigating bias and residency recruitment. If you're listening in advance of the meeting, hopefully we'll see you there in New Orleans. If you're listening afterwards, you can find additional content from the annual meeting at saem.org. Here's Stephen Haywood. Bias exists at every level of medical training, especially in resident recruitment. Whenever we have bias, we need to do whatever we can to mitigate that bias. At the SAEM Assembly in New Orleans, we have a pre-conference workshop focused on this specifically. It's called From Holistic Review to Inclusive Interviewing, a step-by-step guide for mitigating bias in residency recruitment. And we're very fortunate to have two of the organizers of this workshop with us today. We have Dr. Logan Wyant. He's the Assistant Program Director in Emergency Medicine at Johns Hopkins. Uh, He completed a Master's in Public Health at Johns Hopkins and his residency training at Northwestern University Uh, where he served as a chief resident, and he is currently serving on the CORD DEI task force. We also have Dr. Kamna Balhara with us. She is assistant program director, excuse me, assistant professor and assistant director of the EM residency program at Johns Hopkins. Uh, After graduating from Hopkins School of Medicine, she completed her residency training at Johns Hopkins Emergency Medicine Program, where she served as chief resident. She is co-director of Health Humanities at Hopkins Emergency Medicine. Uh, this is an initiative that offers humanities and social emergency, mace, uh, social emergency medicine-based program to local and national audiences. She's authored multiple publications in medical education, humanities, social determinants of health, and disparities in healthcare access. And both of these physicians have been leading diversity efforts at their current institution. Uh, Kamna, Logan, welcome. It's great to have you with us. Thanks so much, Steve. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So I want to jump right into it and talk about the workshop. Uh, There's been a lot of bias workshops. There's a lot of training on this because it's such an important topic. What's unique about this conference? What makes this conference different from other bias workshops? Um, so thank you and great question. Uh, we're very excited to be able to offer this workshop and we do hope that it'll be different from your sort of standard bias training workshop. Uh, for one, we hope to sort of be a a one-stop shop, um, to discuss sort of inclusive recruitment all the way from the beginning, from holistic review through inclusive interview and even follow-up. Um, we specifically hope to, uh, create a safe space for exploration of personal and individual biases as sort of part of the beginning. Uh, and part of the way that we're going to do that is through, um, use of, uh, the medical humanities, which, uh, Kamna can speak a little bit more to. Yeah. So our hope is really to be able to get people to sit with a little bit of, you know, discomfort about the existence of biases, whether that's personal or systemic, but to use the humanities and then our subsequent conversations to actually make that discomfort into something productive. So we'll be doing some really neat um, visual art-based and sort of museum-based pedagogical exercises um, with the folks attending um, our workshop. And we'll be following that up with um, best practices from medical, psychology, and corporate literature to really provide them with concrete and actionable items that they can carry out, you know, this very next recruitment season. So we really want to challenge, uh, channel that reflection and a little bit of that, you know, discomfort in recognizing that bias exists and really channel that into something productive. 
Awesome. And, and I think we all know that bias does exist and it exists, exists at all levels. Um, but how prevalent is it, is this bias in residency recruitment? So again, I think um, really great question. And, you know, a, a frank answer to your question is it's very prevalent. Um, and unfortunately continues to be prevalent despite efforts sort of across the country at increasing diversity and inclusion. Um, currently there are insufficient medical students from underrepresented backgrounds. And unfortunately, despite efforts from institutions uh, across the country, there really hasn't been a major change in the last 30 years in terms of representation at the medical student level. Um, and it, it, that pervades and is even worse as you get into sort of higher levels all the way up through physician and then especially up to like um, hospital and health system leadership. Um, we can talk about sort of bias at various different levels um, across uh, sort of the medical student landscape. Um, so we have data to suggest that there's significant bias in step scores, clerkship grades, induction into AOA bias in narrative letters, um, bias in standardized letters, uh, including the e-slow or the slow that uh, emergency medicine um, has really designed and should hopefully help mitigate in some ways bias. But unfortunately, it looks like there is still even bias within um, the standardized letters that we are, are signing. Uh, we'll see what happens with the next iteration. Um, and there's even bias to suggest or uh, evidence to suggest that there is bias related to physical appearance and residency recruitment. So lots of work still to be done here. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of, I think a lot of physicians and a lot of program directors and uh, faculty members, I don't want to say a lot, some that quote unquote rely on their instincts and they want to go on their feeling and they might be resistant uh, to trying to mitigate bias that their instincts produce. Why is it so important that we try to mitigate bias in residency recruitment? So I think it's important to acknowledge, because you brought up a great point, it's important to acknowledge that biases and cognitive heuristics exist uh, because they help us survive and because they help us make quick decisions in high-pressure situations. Um, and so we're not discounting sort of anyone's um, gut feeling necessarily or, you know, their sort of intuition about someone. But I think what's really important is we do know that these biases can be counterproductive. And we do know that sometimes these biases can be harmful. So we're trying to sort of create this homeostasis where folks are able to, yes, of course, still rely on their intuition to some extent, but we but be very aware of the systematic ways in which bias pervades the recruitment process. Um, I think, you know, we've all seen the data that's out there on the impact of pro provider and physician representation and patient satisfaction, patient communication. So there's a number of patient-centered outcomes that are uh, potentially impacted by bias in hiring and recruitment. And then at the end of the day, we want our trainees to be happy. We want to create an environment where trainees from any background um, feel like a core part of the program where they feel included and we've where we've created an environment not simply where um, we recruit them but where we actually can promote their success and help them reach their maximum potential so i think bias is much more than just getting people in the door um bias is also i mean it, sorry mitigating bias is not just about getting people in through the door but it's also about making sure that you know they everyone kind of reaches their maximum potential um 
as well. So I think it's really crucial both to patient-centered outcomes as well as the happiness of our physician workforce. Yeah, I love that. I think a lot of physicians uh, don't realize that, yeah, we, we need to rely on our gut, but sometimes we have a lot of bias that can hurt a lot of people. Uh, I love the way you worded that. That was phenomenal. Uh, I know you'll have an entire workshop planned to address this topic, uh, but in the few minutes we have here, what are some important takeaways? What are some things that programs can do to start mitigating bias that exists right now? So, you know, one of the, the things that's been shown to actually help mitigate bias is just to have a simple awareness of bias and a, a desire to overcome those biases. Um, and so really step one is just sort of collecting your stakeholders and beginning the discussion. Um, from that sort of an important, easy next step is to really consider your, your mission statements and goals as a program, um, and tailor that mission to your interests and tailor that mission. You know, if you're interested in, interested in developing a program that's truly inclusive, say it, um, and set some measurable targets, um, beyond sort of simply developing goals and missions, uh, it's also important to begin collecting data. Like, how are you doing in terms of inclusive recruitment? Are you having stakeholders and asking them what they think about your recruitment process? All the way down to, like, after interviews, are you asking students who didn't come why they didn't come to your program and thinking about how to address that? Um, there are a lot of sort of different things that can be done at the program level, even before starting to sit down and think about holistic review and inclusive recruitment. So as, as programs are trying to institute these changes, what are some barriers that are, that are frequently encountered and how can we address these barriers? Um, I think, Steve, you brought up a great point in that not everyone is necessarily comfortable with the idea that elements of bias can be negative and not everyone is necessarily comfortable with the idea that every single one of us is biased. And I think getting buy-in from the stakeholders in residency recruitment, whether that's faculty program directors, you know, any faculty you're interviewing, as well as staff within the program. I mean, this is this is pretty much, you know, everybody's a stakeholder in this process. I think the first step, as Logan mentioned, is getting people aware of the presence of their biases, um, which can be challenging, especially within the traditional paradigms of medical education that can be pretty hierarchical or um, can pose some barriers to really open conversations or vulnerable conversations. And so this is why we think that out-of-the-box approaches, like like the way we are going to be doing in our workshop with a humanities-based approach, we think those out-of-the-box approaches that create safe spaces outside of traditional medical paradigms are a great way to jumpstart a conversation on bias that's productive. And then I think another thing to really keep in mind is that any initiatives or programming that's instituted within a single residency program with the end of mitigating bias is never going to be fully successful if it's not paired with larger systemic and institutional changes. Um, and so I think it's important to recognize that this is just one step in what needs to be sort of a, a major overhaul. Um, I think it's only recently that we're trying to undo stereotypes and misconceptions that have been ingrained in medicine for, for years. Um, you know, that false belief that race is a biological construct. We're only recently doing away with GFR differentiation by race at a, at a lot of medical systems, you know, so there needs to be this kind of overall overhaul in how we think about these topics on a larger systemic level. Um, and then I think another thing that comes up is avoiding the minority tax and not um, necessarily 
disproportionately burdening or not compensating people who are doing this work um, and ensuring that that the work is both spread around and recognized, you know, in traditional sort of academic currency as valuable. Kamala Logan, thank you both for all the work that you've done uh, in this area. And I look forward to your your workshop. Again, it's going to be at SAEM New Orleans here in just a few weeks. Uh, and the title of the workshop is From Holistic Review to Inclusive Interviewing, a Step-by-Step Guide for Mitigating Bias in Residency Recruitment. Uh, any closing thoughts? Well, thank you so much for having us. <laughs> we are, are really excited. Um to have the opportunity to, to have this workshop and are, you know, are looking forward to um, interacting with and learning from the people that are going to be um, joining the workshop. Because I think one other thing we'd love to emphasize is this is definitely an iterative process and a, and a learning process for, for all of us involved. So we're, we're looking forward to the conversation. We very much appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today and are excited for the upcoming workshop in New Orleans. Kamala Logan, thank you all again.